0: Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Stevenson. Now, this is a special episode because you would have heard of the horrific things that have been happening in New Zealand over the last week. There was a huge earthquake of a magnitude of 7.5, and since then, there have been ongoing aftershocks, lots and lots of mini-earthquakes... And we're going to talk to Demelza Leslie, who lives in New Zealand. She's based in Wellington. She has horses and she uses Horse Hour. So she was tweeting us earlier on in the week about the floods and the hard time that she's having. So we're going to hear from Demelza about what's it like being in New Zealand at the moment and what was it like being in the earthquake. This is Horse Hour. Horse Hour.
2: Hey, Demelza, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, a bit shaken up. We've had quite a few uh, earthquakes over the past three days, so, you know.
0: I know, bless (laughs) you. It's like the the, the, the magnitude was 7.5, so that was a couple of days ago. And now they've been over over 1,200 little aftershocks after that. I mean, did you have them last night?
2: Yes, we did, yeah. Well, we actually have them all through the night as well. I mean, some of them you can't feel. But most of them you can, and they just—they're really unnerving, to be honest. Oh, I'm not surprised. Quite, you know, i And um, just to clarify, last night um, they actually upgraded the the major earthquake that we felt on early Monday morning. So it's now seven point eight.
0: Oh my gosh!
2: So I know it's you- incredible. They keep—they have—they've upgraded it about five times, I think. Uh, apparently, they're doing more tests to really get an accurate reading of it. So. Do you, yeah. do you do you do you have lots of earthquakes in New Zealand?
0: Is it like a regular thing?
2: Uh, well, uh, probably compared with a lot of other countries, yes, they are a regular thing. Um, I well, to be honest, probably only get a really good shake maybe once a year though. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, we did have that massive earthquake down in Christchurch that was really devastating, uh, you know, four or five years ago. And since then, we've had some really big shakes. But this one, uh, because I suppose it hit the capital, Wellington, that, you know, (laughs) it really sends everyone (laughs) running, to be
0: honest. So where were you when it happened?
2: I was at home in bed. Uh, So I live on a lifestyle block. And so I've got 10 acres of land, you know, with uh, my horses and a whole bunch of animals. So, um, yeah, so I was in bed with my husband and To be honest, I'm not that, I don't act rationally in an earthquake. I just don't like them. So when it hit, uh, you heard it before it hit.
1: And it went on.
2: Yeah. And um, the whole house started just shaking. I freaked out and I ran to my son's bedroom. He's 10. I dragged him out of bed, pulled him underneath (laughs) the door frame. And then I ran to my daughter's room, did the same. Mm. She stayed asleep. And the earthquake went for nearly two minutes. And then um, a few things fell off shelves, but it wasn't too bad. Our house is quite new, so uh, it's got really good earthquake strengthening in it. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) once it stopped and um, my heart felt like it was beating out of my chest, I sort of, you know, (laughs) took a deep breath and and looked out the window. And it was actually a most incredible night because we had this amazing moon, which meant that when I looked out the window, I could see everything outside. So the horses, amazingly, were just heads down, still grazing in the paddock. No way. And I just, I can't believe it. I would have thought Say they'd, they'd be... run around like that, and they didn't. Oh, my gosh. It was just... I mean, a few minutes may have passed, so perhaps they had run around. I had I didn't hear them. And then maybe they had sort of calmed down by that
0: stage. I'm not sure. So well, my lot go mental at fireworks, so I'm not sure how they'd quite cope with an earthquake. And to be fair, you even oh, though you, even though you said that you were freaking out, and you know you still acted very rationally. I can't say I'd be that rational. I don't know where I'd run because if it's the ground, <laughs> you're like, that, not- it's just not normal, is it? I know, and, and it was, and to be honest, because
2: it sort of built up too, it just sort of started out a little bit of rocking and a big roaring noise and then it just hit and hit and hit. It was just, it kind of went sideways that yeah, that I was like, okay, this is not a normal one, uh, you know, this mm-hmm. is a bit, this is a big deal. So, uh, yeah, which is why I then started running around a lun- like a lunatic grabbing the kids.
0: <laughs> what, what, no, I don't blame you. I think you want everybody close to you, don't you? I mean, what was your husband doing at the time? Because I'd be crying. I'd
2: be on the floor <laughs> crying. I, I, I was. I was nearly in tears. Um, he sort of uh, followed me out of bed eventually. <laughs> You're <laughs> kidding. He, he stayed was, in bed. Yeah, he pretty much stayed in bed. And he was like, well, yeah, he didn't follow me running around the house like a mad woman. So uh, he did eventually. But I don't. he doesn't really get that scared of them.
0: Well, he so is, he's super chilled then, isn't he? Do they teach you this going through school? Do they teach you – because they, they, in the UK, they teach us about earthquakes, but they don't teach us how to handle them or deal with them if you're in that situation. So do they give you that education?
2: Yeah, they do in primary school. So, um, yeah, in your first few years of school, there is education on how to deal with an earthquake. I've noticed, though, talking to my kids about what they're now learning – is that when I was um, in school, we got taught to go under a doorframe or uh, under a table, and now they're just saying the best thing you can do is just stop, drop, and cover. So oh, really? you know, cover your vital reasons, cover your head. Yeah, so you're better off almost staying in bed than getting under a doorframe. Which you know, when you've been taught to get under a doorframe, it's very hard to get out of that mindset at mm. that time when you're in a bit of a panic, to be honest. So, mm. see, my yeah. thought,
0: I just want to get outside. I'd want to run and like you said, you just want to grab everything, your your family, your kids, your dogs, your animals. Um, Like you said, the first thing you did when it finished is you went outside to check the horses. Was was everything completely chilled? Everything still standing?
2: Oh, they did when I, um, because I did go outside. Obviously, I looked out the window first and then did go outside. And so they did put their heads up and sort of mosey on over. Thinking, ah, she's coming out to feed us. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think this is an early morning feed, but no, they were pretty calm. To be honest, it was really it was surreal. I, I wasn't expecting that, and I've spoken to a number of my friends that also have horses to see how they reacted. Um, those that were stabled didn't, you know, they were really freaked out. So I am wondering if it's the fact that mine were out in the field that they were obviously they felt a bit more secure, perhaps. Because I imagine if they are in, in a stable block or something, that would be quite unnerving, you know, because you can't really run away from anything. So yeah. that was the difference. And
0: mm-hmm. your friend's horses, are they, are they all okay? Nobody's got hurt? nobody's. Yeah, been
2: hurt? One of my friends, Kate, has her horse actually did run into a fence, and oh. so she's got quite a nasty cut on her leg, unfortunately. Um, that's being treated by the vet, and they're hoping that she'll have a full recovery. So that's the only um, incident that I heard of from the earthquake. Because I'm not sure if you're aware, but the day after the earthquake hit, we were hit with torrential rain. It just poured and poured and poured. It's supposed to be spring here, but it's been incredibly wet, like a lot wetter than it was in winter. And so then we've also been dealing with floods. And that's been almost way worse because... You know, I live in a um a valley that was quite low lying. My property was fine, but a number of um my neighbours and and friends have had you know had to move their stock or horses to higher ground. They've lost fence lines because streams and rivers broke their, their banks and or couldn't get home because there were so many slips. Oh. Uh, so yeah, there's
0: been like a hundred thousand <laughs> mudslides,
2: hasn't After there? An- I know, it's incredible. And to top it off, um, I've got lots of friends that live on the, the Kapiti coast, Mm -hmm. which is just, um, it's, I'm, um, I'm kind of on the east side of Wellington, if you like, and that's more the, the west coast. And, um, they had a tornado rip through their paddocks (sighs) and everything. (laughs) I I kid you not. And apparently it missed, just missed with the Waikanae Equestrian Park just missed their show jumping course that they had just set up. So
0: Oh my <laughs> um, gosh. Talk about everything handing down on New Zealand. Somebody's done something I, really bad there. I know. I, I'm not quite sure who did it or what it was, but. So your friend then that um that had the tornado go through, how how did she deal with that? Is she okay? Are the animals okay?
2: Yeah, so they're fine. Thankfully, it, it went um, around their house. It went through quite a few neighbouring properties. It did take out uh, several fences. And it's not unusual for a tornado to go through that area, but they do only happen probably once every five or ten years. Mm. So, um, But, I mean, it's not something you know is going to happen. You all of a sudden probably just hear a big roaring noise and, you know, see the destruction that follows it. Yeah, so, no, um, thankfully... Not that I've heard of. There's been no um, animals or, or people
0: hurt from that. Oh, that's really good
2: because they're not like big, they're, they're not like the big tornadoes that you'd see in America. they're, they're You know, they're, they're a lot smaller in size. Mm.
0: And what about the tsunami? We heard there was a threat of a tsunami hitting you guys too. I forgot about that. Yeah, gosh,
2: so much <laughs> ha- has happened since the earthquake. Yes, that's right. Um, so they had hundreds or well, probably thousands of people evacuate their homes in the early hours of Monday morning here because of the threat of, of a tsunami. Because initially they said there was no threat, and then about maybe an hour and a half after the earthquake hit, all of a sudden the sirens started going off, and everyone had to who was near the water had to go to higher ground. Mm. So there were gridlock, you know, vehicles trying to get to the hills. I mean, luckily, Wellington has lots of hills, so it didn't take them very much to drive to them. But, yes, no, there were thousands of people camped out in their cars or bunking into other people's homes. I had my cousin and her family come to our house Um, we had no power Uh, as soon as the earthquake hit our power was knocked out Um, we were one of probably thousands of houses that had their power knocked out it wasn't restored to so the earthquake happened just after midnight on Monday morning and our uh, power was restored about three o'clock in the afternoon the next day
0: do you know I'd say that's quite good if the government to be able to get that done so quickly because think of all mm. those homes, you know, actually, you know, 24 hours isn't, although it's awful going through not, not having it. power, that's yeah. quite quick yeah. to get get it all back on and running again, isn't it? But again, going back to the horses. So like people, did anybody have animals in when they were evacuated because of the tsunami? Because would you be able to take your animals with you? You just, it. I'm just shocked yeah, by I the whole that. thing. Well, most of the
2: areas that were evacuated from the tsunami were all residential areas. So mm-hmm. they, I imagine, uh, bundled up their dog, you know pet dogs or cats if they could actually find them um, and, and put them in the cars with them. But um, some, thankfully, uh, most of our rural properties here are um, a little bit further away from the coastline.
1: Oh, so okay. that's good yeah
2: so otherwise it would have been a worrying time I'm not sure I'd have to hitch up the horse float chuck them on <laughs> yeah I know
0: bless yeah. you so it's a, a lot it's all going on in New Zealand at the moment and then the latest that we've heard is that there's this big building a big high-rise building in Wellington that might collapse
2: Yes, uh, there's actually a number of, well, 60 were um, were closed yesterday while they assessed them for earthquake damage and uh, people weren't allowed back in them. And there's one, yes, that's on the verge of perhaps falling down in the next major earthquake. So they have decided this morning they're going to demolish it. Mm. And then also there are, I think, maybe a dozen other businesses that are not allowed back, and that includes our defence headquarters in Wellington, and their building is only four years old. Oh, so no. they're not for well, maybe up to a year it's going to take to fix it. Oh
0: my gosh. It's incredible. But do you know what? I mean, some of the footage that we've seen is um there's there's this famous video of the there are two cows and a little calf and they were filmed on top of a tiny pillar of land. Have you seen that? And the good news is they've been oh, rescued. I, everywhere. I
2: know, they have. They so they built a, a wee trench down from um so you know, you saw that um, bit of earth just Isolated And obviously mm. they were sort of marooned or islanded on that bit of earth. And so they built a, a trench so they were able to sort of move the stock down. So it's almost like a massive slide for them. <laughs> so mm. Yeah, they managed to get them out because I was I, – um, well, a number of us were worried how they were going to be able to be rescued because they were beef stock and not – well-handled dairy stock that they would have probably been really flighty if you'd taken a helicopter or anything near them, you know. So, Mm. you know, with a mother and calf, she would have been really protective too, so –
0: Bless them, but they've been yeah. saved. So I should imagine there's quite a few rescue operations going on at the moment. I mean, Sadly, we've oh. heard that two people have died, which is really sad, and quite a few people... They were saying-
2: old. Um, those, um, sorry, those deaths occurred in really old farmhouses, so they were like more... Well, for New Zealand, it's quite old, but more than 100 years old. So, um, yeah, a lot number of those did collapse in, in the rural areas down in Kaikoura, which is the, the top of the South Island. And we've had a massive rescue effort... We are just about to celebrate our 75th anniversary of our Navy. And so we've got ships over, warships from the US, Canada, Australia. I'm actually not sure if um, the UK is sending one over. But um, they're helping with the rescue effort. They've all just gone down to that coastline um, because the town of Kaipora, which is like a tourist town, farming town, has been completely cut off all the roads I think it's going to take oh, months to get them cleared. Um, so all these tourists were stuck there. So they've sent the, the Navy frigates down and they did this massive rescue effort yesterday and, and um, put hundreds of tourists onto the Navy ships and have just um, been able to um, get them out, basically. Because yeah. there's no running water, there's no sewage, there's, yeah, it's everything's been quite devastated in that area in particular, because that was really the epicentre of the earthquake most people focus on wellington because it is our capital and that's you know where the big part of the population is that you know you forget about these sort of smaller rural areas that really they're being absolutely devastated you know there's lots of dairy farms that can't milk their cows because they've got no power and you know and, and no water and things like that so i imagine there's probably a number of um equestrian farms in there too that um, i imagine are kind of quite isolated and, and cut off too because there's a number of riders in that area
0: well we need to know so that we can offer any support I mean I don't know what we could do but you know we, we luckily well, thank you for using horse hour that's how we found you Demelza because you were saying oh I've got all this flooding at the moment uh, when we were talking on Twitter and um, and so yeah no let us know tell tell your friends people you know use horse Hi. hour and we will offer any support we can I'm sure we can donate some money and I don't mind shipping out some rugs if you need some rugs whatever you guys need then, then we're here to help you definitely um and just interestingly i know it's it's not horse-related, but you are a political reporter.
2: Uh, yeah, so I'm a I'm senior political reporter for Radio New Zealand, which is our national broadcaster. Yeah,
0: which, yeah. this is what made me laugh. So the New Zealand Prime Minister John Key revealed he missed a call from the US President-elect Donald Trump because he was dealing with the aftermath of the earthquake. And that just made me <laughs> laugh so much. What What's everybody saying Yeah, we all that?
2: laughed as well. We said that, we, and, and um, we were like, Prime Minister, are you, are you ignoring the U.S. <laughs> President-elect's calls? <laughs> I know, it was very funny, actually. They have since spoken, so, but uh, yes, no, he did. I think he missed like maybe two or three calls from him.
1: Oh, my gosh. He
0: so he called again and again, did he, when he couldn't get through the first time? That's as bad as your mum calling. and You know when you can't talk because you're busy and they just keep calling. You're like, I will call you back when I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love it. So what are your guys' thoughts on, on Trump taking the uh, presidency then?
2: To be honest, we were all a bit shocked. Mm. Uh, you know, it wasn't expected. Um, you know, from the reports we were seeing out of the US, uh, Hillary Clinton looked like a sure thing in there. But um, I suppose, uh, like with you guys with Brexit, you you can't (laughs) be assured of anything. So, um, you know, I think everyone's, it's all just still sinking in in terms of what it means, because I know that every individual country will be thinking, what does it mean for us? Mm. Because, you know, America does dominate a lot and does influence, uh, you know, a number of policies and, and countries, so... It is what it means for us. So um and I and that's more in the lines of trade and um Yeah, but and, they
0: keep banging on about trade. And I'm like, I get your point about trade. But seriously tell me, are you gonna make us go into World War Three? Because right now yeah. I can't handle that. No, neither can I. <laughs> Thankfully. I,
2: well I just have to say that I'm glad I'm in little old New Zealand. We're quite isolated. You don't <laughs> like, have, have any dramas isolated. out there, do you? Uh, yeah, I mean come to us if you want an earthquake but <laughs> some <laughs> flooding. But um, maybe we'll hope We'll steer clear of the World War Three.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you're okay, and I'm glad that you know your family's okay. safe and your horses are safe, and you know you you luckily got your home to go back to because I know sadly so many people don't. So I genuinely mean that, Demelza. anything that we can do, okay. then then please let us know. And uh, thank you for using Horse Hour, and thank you for joining us today. Thank
2: you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. I've really I really enjoy listening to Horse Hour here from New Zealand, and have passed it on to a number of my friends. here. Here, who I thought, you know, would really enjoy it. So thank you.
0: Oh, bless you. You're a little superstar. Thanks. Send us some photos. I'd love to see your horses.
2: OK, we'll do. Yeah. Take care. OK, you too. Thanks, Amy. Bye. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at Stevenson one and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM.